Hello everyone, welcome to Babylon Balkan show. Uh, welcome. Welcome to our first episode. This is our first episode after intro, so we are excited. And in this episode, we discussed about like, what's up with the Macedonia with two young educated guy from Macedonia. One of our guests was Naum, Naum Trajanovski. Trajanovski? I am having some issues with the uh, Slavic surnames, but I will, I will get used to. Yeah, uh, he's a very educated guy, uh, young engineer, and he's also personally my hero because I lost my computer last summer and he helped me to get it back. So he's our first guest. Yeah. So as you notice, there are two guests. The second one is Nikola Felkarovsky, my dear friend. I know him for years and he's also a young engineer. And he's a really interesting perspective on different topics in life. And when it comes to Macedonia, he's proficient in that, given the fact that he's Macedonian. Uh, he has lived in different countries, studied in different countries, and uh, he can also explain things regarding how are the Macedonians living in Macedonia and outside. And in general, he's a really funny guy. He has interest in books, in movies, um, and he's a gamer. So also a, a bit of comedic side from so everything's mashed up in one person so together with now they will have a really cool cool outlook on the general situation in macedonia in their home country and we will definitely have fun with them so welcome and enjoy this episode hello guys and welcome to the Babylon balkan show hello welcome everyone and welcome to our guests this is our first episode, so you are very like special for us, f for being our first uh, first guests. So yeah, welcome again, and I hope this will be fun. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Honor to be here, especially in this uh, podcast. Uh, great, great idea. I have to say. <laughs> Good to hear. Yeah, nice to have you guys both here. Thank you for answering our call. Um, as you said, yeah, this aim is to be fun and the content is also like uh, in going towards uh, interesting topics. But before we start, uh, we would like to have uh, like uh, a few icebreakers. So, Onat, would you do the, the me the honor and start yeah, with the first uh, one? My question will be, what was your dream when you were a kid? Like to be, what was your dream to be when you were a kid? When you grow up. Yeah. Okay, I can start maybe. Um, there was a, my dream was to be the president. That's so easy. <laughs> I think it's something I repeated too often to my family, and they they did not hesitate to remind me every gathering. It's a bit <laughs> embarrassing these today, but yeah, uh, back then I thought we lived in a great country, and that I would like to be its president. How things changed. Sorry, which country was it back then? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that after <laughs> okay okay cool now you oh well i think my dream uh, deferred uh, every month or so depends uh, and it depended on the last uh, movie i watched so everything from a police detective to <laughs> To a psychologist, um, I would say a psychologist was uh, something that that I thought about it often. As a kid. As a kid. <laughs> uh -huh. 
totally normal. Like you never heard a kid saying, I want to be a brain doctor. I have to mention, I wanted to be the best uh, football player in the world. And look how it turned out. <laughs> it turned out. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been a football player and psychologist, but do you want a psychologist or a shrink like the one that gives uh, prescriptions and the one that doesn't? I didn't. I didn't know the difference then. <laughs> yeah, again, you were a kid. Yeah, <laughs> that, that wanted to be a psychologist and a football player. So, so yeah. we totally normalized that he wanted to be a psychologist. Yeah. I have to say the psychologist came about the psychologist wish came a little later, but yeah. And the the football is what I'm going with. <laughs> and I'm curious about the detective part. So you know there are a lot of detective movies. So you wanted to be like Axel Foley, like uh, in uh, Beverly Hills. Mention and I, I love that movie. <laughs> uh, or the Beverly Hills Cup, or you wanted to be like a Schwarzenegger, the detective in a kindergarten. There's also that <laughs> one. So <laughs> there I, are, like, would go, I will go with Axel Foley right now. <laughs> uh, Axel Foley, okay, okay, cool. And uh Felker, so just a disclosure, he is Nicola, but nevertheless, all of us know him as Felker. So up until the end of the episode, he'll be named Felker, not to be any confusion. Yeah, so Felker, do you miss the, the opportunity of being a president or there's like a, still a chance of you being a president of any country whatsoever? I mean, you never know. Like, I cannot predict it. So thinking as a kid that I would be president and it turned out that I did not. And now I don't want to be president. So who knows? Maybe I will be president in, yeah. in some years. And about which country? Well... If I could choose, I'll probably still not go with my own country, but <laughs> the UK is a nice place. A lot of uh, presidents and prime ministers are shifting these days, so who knows? Maybe yeah, I guess it'll I become my turn again, so <laughs> they'll go through every, every, Yeah, every citizen gets a chance in there, <laughs> one by one. Exactly. And you mentioned UK. It's like it, you made us like a really smooth transition. Why did you mention UK? Uh, Where are you right now? I am in the UK right now. Um, it's hard to keep track because I've been moving quite a lot in the past few years. So my my current destination and I hope my, uh, not my final, but uh, at least for the next three to five years, I hope that I'll be here. That's mm. uh, where I started my career. So yay, I moved to the UK. Oh. In the most uh, turmoil period in its history, which is the interesting fact, but yeah, I can right. agree with that. Yeah, and uh, now you're currently where? In a turmoil part of the history. In where exactly? <laughs> In UK. Oh yeah, I'm sure they didn't have bigger turmoil. <laughs> it was a smooth ride be before, totally. Like nothing was going on there. No, no, no. It's just you know some some COVID, some uh, president, prime ministers changing, some monarch dying. Nothing else. We don't. We're, we're not gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're currently where? Currently, I'm in my hometown of Okrit, and I'm constantly switching between uh, Skopje and Okrit. I work in, in Skopje, and mm -hmm. I spent maybe half of the year here in Okrit because 
I love I love this town and I love it more than Skopje actually. So <laughs> so here I am. I can imagine being there a few times. So as you're already mentioning where you're living, both of you, um, it's now is the turn for my uh, icebreaker question. Since both of you share one common thing, at least, at least that one thing, that you're both Macedonians, can you tell me uh, how does it feel to be a Macedonian nowadays? Not before, not in the future, right now, how do you feel? So who wants to start? How does it feel to be a Macedonian right now? Uh... Open your well, soul. Now I'm a being a shrink psychologist now. <laughs> you can lay <laughs> down. And... You can lay down, yeah. <laughs> Sonat said, you lay down. Well, uh, given the last uh, few turmoils, like you said, it definitely is on a political scale a bit frustrating to be Macedonian, I would say. And other than the political situation here and, you know, the topic that is the Balkan and its nationalism, I would say, other than that, it's, it's okay. Yeah, not really, uh, not really something I can change. But General frustrating sums it up. Yeah, it sums, it sums it up, yeah. And Felker, for you? Okay. For me, um, first... Thank you for referring to me as Macedonian. So, because it's been a while, I hear that uh, these days I'm a citizen citizen of North Macedonia. At least that's what it says on my biometric residence permit, both here and in the Netherlands. Not really. We are Macedonians by the PRISPA agreement. Yeah, Macedonian, but also like cross uh, citizens of North Macedonia. You have to be clear because. Supposed to be in the passport only, so yeah. Yeah, but of course it, it was not gonna end up like that. So to to yeah. get to my it, point, it is changing uh, a lot. Also, like we are cannot keep keep it up. To to get <laughs> to my point, why I mentioned this, it's it feels confusing. Honestly, it's mm -hmm. uh, especially the after the name change and so on. It like every time I have to tell people where I'm from, I I know what's coming. And I honestly just want to avoid the conversation as, as much as possible. Mm. I don't, even if, even when I say I'm Macedonian, you know, I, I have a tingling feeling here that, okay, they're going to say something now. Oh, but wait, you, aren't you North Macedonian now? Or are you like uh, from, do you speak Greek? Or it's, I, I cannot blame people because, of mm. course, they're, they're not. Uh, they're not engulfed in this uh, as much as we are, but hearing it every time is just frustrating, as Naum says, and it's confusing. So I, I, I try to avoid always the conversation as the explanation because it's too much context required. You feel like it opens up a Pandora box if you mention it. Definitely, yes. Some people will not care, and I prefer that, but there's always going to be people who will inquire into it and then you have to have these conversations. I'm, I'm not saying that the pot, that uh, I'm not feeling comfortable in your podcast. I actually came to discuss this, but <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. I mean, the thing is, thank you for sharing this with us. Uh, we wanted to, for our followers to understand better, how does the young Macedonian nowadays feel? And hopefully you're going to share your experience and also answer some other questions that they and we find interesting. So, yeah, before we continue, this was a nice intro, so to say. Mm -hmm. Can you at least share with us a little bit more about yourselves? 
just a brief overview to our guests and our followers to understand who you are. Since Naum did the last one, maybe Felk, uh, and you actually you said the last thing. Naum, could you say something, please? Uh, okay, some intro about me. Yeah, yeah, in general about you. So uh, I'm Naum. Uh, I'm uh, currently working as a C++ developer. Uh, actually, a computer vision engineer. That would be the broader term. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am an uh, electrical engineer by bachelor's degree, currently finishing with my master's degree. Uh, like I said, li- working in Skopje, living in Skopje and Ohrid. So, um, yeah, that's about sums it up for now. Do you have, do you have any hobbies? Hobbies. Uh, well, I would say that the one hobby that is uh, is occurring during the these years is uh, watching movies. Actually, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick to that. <laughs> As the little and, bird told me, something against capitalism, usually. Um, I didn't hear that. Sorry. Something against capitalism, as a little bird told me. Something this, uh, something dystopian. Oh, dystopian! Yeah, I like dystopian movies. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have guessed? Like somebody told me, like I don't know, or I just had the feeling. Yeah. Something. Yeah, dystopian. I don't know how how you uh, <laughs> you. We have spies. <laughs> as Onat said, spies, spies, spies are around us. Dystopian. I could not recommend. Uh, children of men, uh, Oof. I couldn't mean it less, yes, actually. <laughs> so, movies. Uh, <laughs> thank you for sharing I, this with us. I watched that movie maybe like six times already. This like, <laughs> <laughs> you still want more? Yeah, it's really, really good movie. I'd heard about it, but I definitely need to watch it then, since two of you mm, like it so much. Think you'll have a, a some kind of a flashback from the from the quarantines during the COVID lockouts. <laughs> oh, most certainly. Yeah. Thank you, Naum. Uh, Nicola, sorry, Felker. Could you also yes let uh, our <laughs> followers know a little bit more about you, who you are? I'm Nicola, as you referred initially. <laughs> yeah, but uh, everybody calls me Felka. It's my last name. Um, I, I'm I come from Okrit, the same town, the same town as Naum uh, from Macedonia. I'm also an electrical engineer. Uh, did my bachelor in Skopje, uh, electrical engineering, and then continued to study in Eindhoven, the Netherlands, as an embedded systems engineer. My masters actually. And after that, I came here to the UK to work as an embedded system engineer at Qualcomm. That's uh, my, but this is not a job interview, so I should also probably say something unrelated to work and studying. You said instead of me, I wanted to say this, yeah, please continue. But also, we need to say another bird told me as well that you spent also some time in Germany, almost a year in total, but... Oh, yeah. If you don't want to mention if you're ashamed of it, it's fine. It's fine by me. 
Nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's the that's a tough period. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you were you were in lager or something like in some camp. Or... <laughs> it was an internship. Come on. It was it was one of the my my, my favorite times over the past few years. I have to agree. Met some amazing people, uh, like the the gentleman sitting. I don't know in which corner you appear in uh, <laughs> in the screen of the recording. Don't mention no, it. No matter. I'm, I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm omnipresent. You're omnipresent. Um, yeah. So yeah, we also spent. I'm yes, I'm a scholarship holder of uh, a great program that we went to Germany. Did some scholarship and did. Uh, uh, did some scholarships, did some internships at different companies, and I was lucky to be a part of that. And we're still quite active in the alumni club, which I was going to mention is uh, it's apart from all the work, I also volunteer to keep that alumni club alive, especially for the people that are abroad. So a lot mm. of people that remained in Germany and other countries, such as here. We gather a couple of times per year to to have some meetings, so I volunteer to do that. Apart from that, uh, to to follow your recipe, my hobbies. Um, I like reading, something that relaxes me after work. And also, um, I recently started, well, not recently, but I, I really like acting. So I do some silly acting and some silly sketches with some friends back home. Oh, cool. And also did some theatrical acting as well while I, I was living back home. So, But it's a hobby that I would enjoy doing even here. But uh, I don't think it's that easy to, to find people you can do silly things with. It's always an option. Onat and I share the same passion as you are regarding those things, sketches and acting and goofing around. But there's always an option. We do this through this channel. It's only one of the options that you can find some of them. I I believe you will. Just give yourself time. Yeah. It's, all, yeah. all, it's yeah. always a good feeling for, you know, doing something in front of people. I mean, this is virtually, but hopefully one day <laughs> for all of us. Again, thank but you guys for it. Yeah. What, what on it? Yeah, I, I, ha I have some questions actually for Please. both Felker and now actually. Uh, you're both in a different uh, side of the brain drain, actually. Now I'm in the, his hometown, home country, and you're out, uh, outside of your country. And mostly we call surviving because for every uh, person who is not living in this hometown uh, country, it is a surviving. How does it feel to be outside of the Macedonia. Do you miss it? I mean, of course you miss it, but yeah, the struggles. <laughs> well, I have to say it's a, it's both a big challenge and and also it's extremely exciting. Just uh, personally moving around for me, I got used to it, and it, it's always a new and exciting challenge. But of course, you miss a lot of things about home. Especially you, you, your friends, your family. You, you don't. It's not that mm -hmm. easy to to make deep connections when you're somewhere else. At least not initially. So you do feel mm -hmm. isolation, and uh, especially like during the last during the pandemic years. I really hope that will not repeat again. 
near future. That was pretty bad. I, I, I felt completely isolated. So going home, any chance that I could, just it, it, it was so much better for me. And now I guess I don't know. I'm I'm sort of uh, before I, before coming to the UK, I always thought that I'm somewhere temporary. So I never really felt that I actually moved out for the long term or like completely immigrated but now i i finally get that feeling that okay i'm there's a high percentage that i'm not going back at least not in the near future or the next i don't know five ten years so i i'm i'm starting to feel a bit homesick but again then i mm -hmm. see the excitement the, the new starts the new opportunities new people and a, a lot more traveling as it's a, a lot easier to travel when you're here somewhere in europe than you're when you're back home i think anyone can vouch for that bad connections and expensive uh, options so i I'm, i feel excited and i just see towards the, the the optimistic side and try to keep to stay positive but definitely there's things you will miss yeah yeah, yeah, you're not alone with that. Yeah, lots of us go through that. Uh, actually, all of the, as Ona said, the brain drain. Yeah, it's not the same when you're a low skill or high skill worker going and coming back to your family, and knowing you're gonna come back and don't thinking about other any other options than what you're doing. And as you said, you started out your career in some one direction, and you're a skill not skilled but educated, high educated person. So, lot of opportunities. But nevertheless, uh, Naomi is in Macedonia, and he's an engineer there, and he looks at least that he likes it, although he's frustrated by many other reasons. <laughs> but uh, Naomi, how would you say, uh, as you being in Macedonia, how does it feel like? Uh, well, you know, uh, I didn't have the opportunity to go uh, on an internship somewhere in Europe. Uh, during my college years uh, so uh, at this moment uh, yeah I like it here uh, I have a great job and uh, currently my focus is on uh, gaining that experience uh, needed for me as an engineer but yeah definitely the my focus not right now but maybe to three years from now would be to to be a part of that brain drain that you mentioned <laughs> yeah I mean, totally normal uh, totally understandable yeah i'm also in that I, I live in turkey but i am still on that you know inat part i guess inat <laughs> is, is like common word for four of us <laughs> yeah from slovenia <laughs> to turkey it's everything ever inat yeah. is yeah. <laughs> like many of the, the days i feel like oh shit i i will leave this country i i'm i'm not i'm not gonna deal with every like political things <laughs> like every crisis or and, and the next day i feel like oh no i'm not going anywhere <laughs> and but i i know it i know really like one day i will be one of them who left the country which is very, really mm -hmm. bad but also when I think about it, whenever I travel somewhere, I feel excited. And when I ha when if I have more opportunity to go somewhere else, it will be something to have fun as well, with with mm -hmm. a lot of disadvantage as well. As you mentioned, yeah, people at least people that 
don't understand what really what brain drain means yeah highly skilled people highly educated people leave for better opportunities people usually mean ah to earn better money but no people also want oh. as Pelker said to travel uh also to experience some other things to have fun just yeah many well, other I'd like to add also to what Donald said is uh about it's and also about you what you said it's not about the money but also you're you're so much into politics if you're home in your home country because everything yeah. revolves around politics mm -hmm. and some people can just uh can cover their ears and eyes and just continue to live normally like I, you can earn decent money if you work as a let's say software engineer back home mm -hmm. honestly you might even earn the gross more than you would earn here yeah more yeah, yeah. compared to costs and of living and everything but people don't realize it's not everyone can be resilient towards all these issues that we're having and that you see in daily life so coming to live in a country such as i don't know the uk even though it's it has a million of uh, crisis financial and whatnot you still don't feel it in daily life like nobody talks about politics it's just it's, it's not a topic you hear everywhere you don't see the problems like the country functions completely normally if you see it from a daily perspective so if you follow the news of course everything will break everything is getting destroyed we're all going to die yeah. etc it's just how the news is but back in macedonia you feel it on a daily level you go out there's only a couple of conversation topics and it always comes back to politics mm. so that something i dislike uh, you see a lot of um, uh, breaking of justice and it just basically hurts you to see it so that that's another reason why it, the brain drain is happening it's not just about finding better jobs or more money yep i totally agree i mean i can say from my perspective what i noticed is like oh man like i don't hear anything about vucic i don't see any billboards of vucic i don't i'm not getting it outside of my phone but i don't see him just like i feel like oh there's some pressure that's left out so i don't feel it anymore and then when i come to serbia oh so this is what i was missing by quotation yeah it makes a huge difference huge huge yeah. it reminded me that uh taxi app message when i was in serbia i registered the taxi app and i got a message from vucic oh yeah yeah what? so to to understand explain this the owner of this taxi app in serbia has the same name and surname as the president <laughs> so people got like why wow, he has this as well probably does but by coincidence it's the same guy same name yeah but you know does Dusha he own everything always... probably <laughs> Dushan was oh. always talking about the Vucic, Vucic. Like we all, we always talk about the politics. And I got the message, and not even this, <laughs> not even here. Like. He's everywhere. We have the explanation to, yeah. I mean, since we're talking about politics, we cannot avoid it. So, and they're shitty wherever you go. That's why we have this podcast. There are a lot of things that bring us together. From Slovenia to Turkey, Serbia, Macedonia, in, and in Turkey, and the politics themselves, and they're so not funny, but hilarious when you look what shitty things they are doing. So we have this expression, probably the same Macedonia. Please tell me on if it's the same in Turkey. Like we see you a lot. Uh, you say to a person that is everywhere and all the time, you say we see you a lot. Almost you're gonna end up getting out of my fridge. We have this expression. <laughs> 
So they was <laughs> not exactly, but about... we have we have something similar. What do you have? Uh, like, uh, one day he will come to my bed as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would not like to say this, especially for Vucic, but yeah. But about the fridge part, so he went to some uh, host, uh, I don't know, some TV hosting stuff, I don't know, and he came, and that, before he came, he, there were already a couple of guests, and the hosts were like, oh, we're missing uh, our president, and they turned the camera around, and there was a huge fridge, and then he came out of the fridge. <laughs> and like they're even taking the jokes you, from the comedians. You I mean, have, you just... have to give it to him. Like you cannot uh, satire, like you cannot create satire about something that's funnier than satire itself. So it's amazing. He, he passed the game. He finished the final level, and he's now playing completely other game that nobody played before. Yeah, totally exactly. agree. Now that you mentioned, I think he's uh, more popular in Macedonia than our politicians. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, people love him. Sorry to say that, Dushan. What? <laughs> people, uh, I mean, people love, love Vucic. Yeah, Macedonians love Vucic. Yes, love the Serbians at this point. Yeah. Yeah, basically, you're you're the only neighbor that we don't have any problems with. So, yeah. Um, you uh, you just gave me a what now? Please let us. Not really. Uh, I think uh, now we have that uh, uh, church thing. Open, open Balkan. Uh, uh, I think that Open Balkan it, initiative in the right in the right direction. So I love that. Yeah. Ah, the That's Open Balkan good. one I like as well. You don't have roaming between non-EU countries on the Balkans. Um and also less uh, taxes when you yeah and that's good could, but if they implemented you could be able to work instead of like going to some shitty countries like Germany or the UK you can just go and work in Albania or Serbia easy totally a dream dream come true like oh when <laughs> I was brain drain will shift to a different direction if I could only <laughs> go to Tirana and see those lights those oh, yeah. go, go to those lights. I mean, I would, I would really like to go to Belgrade in, in like May to see the Christmas decorations. It would be amazing. Exactly from from September to May. Oh, you're lucky if it goes to May. Yeah, yeah. That's also. That, I always forget that Orthodox thing. And like last last year, the New Year Eve, we went to the Serbia, and I was excited to see like finally I will see some like real decoration about the new year i completely forget about it and then we went there and there was like nothing only melted snow <laughs> yeah the last year was completely opposite they didn't do it for some reason but uh last three or four years you're right it's it's getting hanged so for all of our followers uh that's usually in serbia especially in belgrade from october up until april uh there are christmas decorations yeah no nope. yeah yeah christmas is we're festive all the time yeah. <laughs> Possible to but avoid it. Fireworks were good. Yeah, where the parties, there's also food. So, <laughs> speaking of food, uh, can you tell us about Ivar? So, from scale from one to ten, how much it makes you angry when the fight comes along? Where's the Ivar from? Is it from Serbia, Albania, uh, some in between? Uh, ends up with Osovo and North Macedonia, or just Macedonia? Bosnia. I, was, I thought yeah. it was Bosnia. <laughs> <laughs> Close, but no, for I now, no. <laughs> Please, Falker. 
I will start by saying something extremely controversial here. So if you have oh, to censor it, I'm sorry. But have the beat, I, don't, yeah. I don't like Iva. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, people, please yeah. put your angry <laughs> comments below. <laughs> please, please, just make it, make it rain, make it rain. <laughs> Even I have, have I have Ivar in my fridge now. Yeah, yeah. I, I expect my connection will be randomly dropping now. Some technical issues will occur. Exactly. So cancelled that, on the spot. So this topic <laughs> is not for you. You're indifferent. Please, now like it or not. <laughs> yeah, that was not the question exactly. It's national yeah, symbol. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was getting, I was getting to the point. I don't care what they say. I mean, any if you take any food, literally any food on the Balkans, you everyone will say they invented it. It's not just Ivar. Yeah, like any food that that we have, they will say someone else invented it. I don't know. Talk about something even nicer than Ivar, like Rakia. Who invented Rakia then? Is it Serbian? Is it Macedonian? Is it uh, Bulgarian? Is it so? It's a pointless fight. I, I I don't feel anything because you cannot prove it. It's just a common. Why can't we agree that something is common? It's like it's Balkan. I just say whenever someone says like, "Oh, what's your favorite dish?" I just say, "I mean, what's your uh, best dish from your country?" I just say, "Well." We, for example, we have this dish, but it's not from my country. It's just a Balkan dish, like a lot of countries mm -hmm. have it. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go into the discussion of whose it is, because everyone will claim it. So, But I think for Ivor, the dispute is uh, already done, because I think it was Dua Lipa or someone that mentioned yeah. it's Albanian. So, yeah, there you have it. She did it for <laughs> us. She did us a favor. Hey, thank you, Dua Lipa. Please. I mean, she, how, please how many this. millions of followers does she have? <laughs> so if they believe that Ivar is Albanian, then that's the grand truth, right? If only Tosha <laughs> was alive today, he would have more influence than Tosha Proeski, more influence than Dua Lipa. Then Ivar would be truly Macedonian. Exactly. He, he went to the same... Uh, he, he was trying to establish himself in the UK, so he would be in the same position of power to claim Ivar. But unfortunately... Yeah. Ah. Ah. Only because of Ivar. Now, what do you think about the topic? <laughs> we, yeah, like you said, uh, it is a Balkan dish. I mean, we can say whether it is Macedonian or Serbian. Uh, although we do take big pride in the main, in the making itself of the Ivar. Uh, I have to say, Dua Lipa surprised me a bit. Uh, I didn't think that the Albanians consider it as its national dish. I didn't know it by that, by mm -hmm. then. So, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, it's a Balkan dish. <laughs> Plain and straight. And for the, sorry, just a, a bit of referencing this, for any of us followers outside of Balkans, uh, Ivar is, uh, how can I say, a dish, uh, pay, not... Roasted and mashed... Uh, Paprikas, mm. something like that. It's, exactly. it's a paprika spread. Roasted and mashed. We can put a link where uh, Dolipa explains it and just ends, <laughs> ends up with seeing Albanian. Yeah. Also, we can put like Amazon link below so we can earn some money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Roasted, mashed, and then boiled, I believe. Yes. Don't, right. don't give out the recipe in public. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret ancient Macedonian recipe. <laughs> but do you know who who took it as a national who branded it as a national dish? 
legally speaking, in the end. Greece. Uh, Slovenia. Slo- now, Slovenia. Now I've got it right. Yeah, Slovenia. Uh, yeah. We, I think we can all agree, like every other country, that it's not Slovenian. Totally. <laughs> like, the least, <laughs> least the Ivarian thing is Slovenia. So it's least Ivarian. <laughs> You can agree it's in Slovenia. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah. You you can go in this area, also Turkish influence, okay, Bosnia, Bulgaria, but far away, so much as being Slovenian, now that's really a tough one. Now, that makes me frustrated. The, the, the initial <laughs> question does not, but that makes me frustrated now. Thank you. So we, we found it. We, <laughs> where's the beeper? No, yeah, we got it. Yeah. It's I it, or not? Uh, is it true that the goulash is a Turkish dish? Uh, I'm not sure because it is also for Turkish uh, cuisine. We have a lot of Balkan foods, Armenian foods, Greek foods, Arabic foods. Like it is a total mess here. <laughs> but mostly, I check for the uh, etymologic uh, meaning. So yeah. goulash uh, sounds Arabic. So it might be, yeah, the roots might be the Arabic. Okay, because like other countries, like I think Hungary also Especially has it as a national dish. So you you can make similar claims about uh, many different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, for example, kebab is we all know kebab is German, right? Döner, döner, döner. It's it's name even not it's not even kebabs like. <laughs> they steal it. They stole it from us, and they put the wrong name. <laughs> the, the local Turks did it in Berlin, so as I read, and then they yeah, promoted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But up, I, I, have, I heard it a lot. I heard it a lot. Like your Germans really thinks that, like that, it invented in Germany. But <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, okay, of course. I just, I, I... <laughs> you don't argue." About that, yeah. yeah. Heads up, we're gonna have a full episode only about the food in the Balkans. Maybe it's gonna be multi episode one, probably, but yeah, dedicated to one specific dish time for time. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to have any following question after uh, Ivar. I mean, I, I love talking about this, like, uh, where the food invented because we always have a conflict with Greeks, Greece, uh, <laughs> and because. They claim the yogurt. They are branding Greek yogurt. Uh, like uh, baklava. I mean, baklava is not even Turkish. Is <laughs> uh, not Turkish baklava? I think it's Arabic. It is also Arabic. Okay. Like most, most, most like desserts are from Arabic origin. Uh, but we make we make them better. <laughs> yeah. With such high level of self-esteem. From this, so to say, transitioning from this uh, fighting, no fighting, but yeah, uh, uh, miscommunication about the food. Why? It's also tough for me to ask, ask this question. Why can't your neighbors leave you in peace? Yeah, start with whichever neighbor you want. Yeah, for some any reason. If I may name as looking from a side as not being Macedonian, from my point of view, all four neighbors. Uh, Five or five, uh, depending who you ask, uh, have an issue with you. Even with Serbia, I was not aware of this uh, up until recently uh, regarding the church thing. Do they recognize it or not? Uh, Bulgaria about 
yeah similar approach like russia with ukraine <clears throat> yeah uh albanians i don't want to start uh, greece in the name itself so <laughs> if well, you want just to say yeah how yes on it before your answers like i want to ask because i don't have the christian like origin how, how do you recognize the church like is there a holy oh. approval yeah yeah <laughs> get a stamp so uh, and then basically you say, there is no holiness like like religious power in no. it okay no 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 like the church it, i mean it was always recognized internally now how it works in the orthodox world you know in, in catholic world there's a pope there's like mm -hmm. a central authoritative figure in the whole religion so well unless you have like church of england and you're separated or something but in orthodoxy there is no, there, there's sort of a central figure that resides in Istanbul, actually. He's like yeah. the grand patriarch of, I don't know, of the cosmos, the universe or something. Exactly. And basically all, like, there, yeah, there are, uh, I think, 13 or how many Orthodox churches from all the countries, and they are a member of this, uh, like, under this patriarch, under this main church. And the Macedonian church was not recognized as a member until this year. Correct me if I'm wrong now, maybe last year or this year. And the, the reason for that was that the Serbian church was not was the only one that was not recognizing it as a full member, as its own separate church. And I think that had to do something with the divides after Yugoslavia and also the Macedonian church claimed one monastery uh, that was its own, that the Serbian church has now. So... It was again something territory, something I don't know. Mm. It, it was weird, but like, no, like most people did not care about this issue because it does not really affect you in any way unless you're like super religious. And both, I mean, if you're super religious, it, it shouldn't affect you as well. Like, this is something of a mixed nationalism plus religion, and that then it might frustrate you. But even if you're fully religious, I mean. That doesn't matter that you believe in the Serbian Orthodox God or the the Montenegrin or the Macedonian or the Russian, like mm. right. But exactly. yeah, so it's even that important. was a dispute with Serbia. And to to transition into maybe the answer to to your question, why can't our neighbors leave us alone? That's a really good question and a very difficult one to answer. It's funny when you think about it that. From today's perspective, if I think 15 years ago that that Greece would be the the least of our problems today, I would be well. probably surprised. I would never think that because growing up, it was always Greece. Like whenever you hear any problems that we have in politics and in international politics, it was Greeks. Like basically, we were just uh, kind of hating on the Greeks as kids. I mean, that's how much we understood, just mm. hearing politics and like, oh, Greece blocks us. They don't want to use the name. Like, you don't understand why you're frustrated. So, of course, it's it's a natural response that you feel frustrated with them, you you hate mm. them, whatever. Now, we, we sort of solved that issue. And I say sort of because it's solved on paper, but not really completely applied or or respected from either side mm. uh, but with the other neighbors uh, and especially bulgaria it's it's becoming and some things are surfacing which were completely forgotten like 
I never remember that we had any feuds with Bulgaria growing up. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like they're directly affecting my life. And, and, and like for them, it's, it's nothing. It's just politics and pride. But for us, they're affecting my life as in I cannot go uh, into EU or anything. We're getting constantly blocked because of them. And therefore, they're influencing me, like me directly economically, forcing me to leave, forcing me to get a different citizenship. Because, I, again, you're an individual person and mm. I, I don't care too much about nationalism and so on. So you see to, to find what's best for you. At least that's what I believe. So what Bulgaria is doing is, honestly, I don't like it. And uh, they cannot leave us alone just for them to have their egos in check and to make sure they they basically, what you mentioned, this, this a similar approach to what Russia has with Ukraine. And I don't think that's the way for things to go forward in the world, revi- revising history in any way. I, I'm not saying that our view of the history is correct 100%, mm-hmm. but n- neither can their view of the history be 100% correct. And I think it's in, in our best interest for every country in the Balkan is to just completely move on from history and never put it into frames of economics or daily politics or going forward. And what Bulgaria is doing is directly affecting us going forward. And a lot of people are losing hope in the country. A lot of people are losing hope in the prosperity of the future of the country. So we're we're going to start to leave. And at the end, who cares who rules over an empty, deserted country with old people inside? I understand. It's really sad to hear this. And now this part about... uh, Bulgaria behaving like Russia uh, for Ukraine. I mean, militaristically speaking, yeah, luckily it's not like that. But can you explain what does it mean, this approach? Uh, you know, when you ask uh, why do we have a problem with all of our neighbors, uh, yeah, there, there were a lot of issues that were unsettled when when we, you know, separated from Yugoslavia and uh, so on. But the thing with Bulgaria is different. Like you said, it's does it is similar, a lot similar with the Russia-Ukraine situation. Uh, no, it's uh, uh, from the thing that we are an easy target when you look at the Balkans and the countries in it as a whole. And every every country is, um, I would say, our standards on the Balkan are not something to, to be proud of. And what the politicians are doing are simply just picking a nationalistic team to turn the public attention on it while everything is continuing to you know fall apart and uh, and they don't have to make it this change or the next change or whatever because now the only problem is uh, you know our politics with another country mm. what the bulgarians are doing right now is sort of scaring me a bit actually because why i say it's different they don't like i understand the issue they don't uh, admit the existence of of uh, Macedonian uh, people as a whole, but uh, they claim it that uh, we are uh, some part of Bulgaria, you know, like... uh, Used Bulgarians. 
Yeah, like you said. Um, and uh, that our language is uh, simply a Bulgarian dialect. And uh, it is scaring me because those kinds of questions are not to be asked in, 21, in the 21st mm -hmm. century. Yeah. And uh, it, it is hurting and it's frustrating to hear. Given the Russia and Ukraine situation, uh, I wouldn't mind except, you know, the uh, EU veto and uh, that we can't be part of the United, uh, the, the European Union. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I hear now and given the situation with Russia and Ukraine, uh, it is kind of scary. Scary from where this sides will take. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Too. but i know like i said uh, this is on on a this is all on a politics level and the people didn't or don't hate each other <laughs> yeah, i would say here i would like to ask i wouldn't ask this yeah that's yeah, good com total disclaimer that what i said and what we're saying is we're not hate we're not hating bulgarians we're hating their mm -hmm. political their government basically and the way they're governing and their politics towards us Mm -hmm. So, I, and I mean, it's I, I can see how easily people can get brainwashed over propaganda in my country as well. So I do not blame people falling for propaganda in their country too. So yeah. I can completely understand that I have met regular Bulgarians that believe everything their government feeds them. I do not blame them. I, I know it's propaganda. I Luckily, I, I'm blessed enough to be able to recognize propaganda it's uh it's the, the patterns are there it's easy but sometimes even you might be under some propaganda and without realizing it so we're not really this we're not really blaming the people we're just i think what Naum said that was a good point that all the politics in the whenever there's uh economic or any kind of problems in the balkans we all politicians will always resort to nationalism they will always create some problems you can see this everywhere, not just Macedonia or Bulgaria. You see this, I don't know, in Bosnia too often. You see this in Serbia, whenever there's a big issue. Montenegro. Yeah, whenever there's a big issue, you just turn the attention of the people uh, and you just play the nationalistic card as in we, us against easy them. Picking. Easy picking. I mean, it's the core problem of nationalism and I, I really dislike nationalism. I'm sure you can tell by now. It's it's always this us versus them mentality that cannot bring us forward because we have if we're against someone we have to beat them in any in some way and also like one of our maybe I refer I refer to him as founding fathers like one of the most important historical fi figures in modern Macedonian history is Alexander uh, the Great. <laughs> I said modern. <laughs> I'm modern. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> What, what was it's, the name? Uh, oh, you say he was not modern. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he went with guys. Uh, he yeah, united I mean, he different was, people. He was, he was very progressive. Actually. Very liberal, yeah. He was he quite was liberal, liberal, actually. But we're, yeah, let's not discuss Alexander <laughs> yeah, right yeah. now. What was the... Atze. Uh, let's not discuss Atze. Uh, so what was the modern father? Uh, so one of the main uh, historical oh, figures that we celebrate in Macedonia is uh, Gotze Delchev. He was, he was a revolutionary fighter, and I mean, Bulgarians claim he was Bulgarian, and if you see the technicalities on paper, he was Bulgarian because there was not, the, there wasn't. A, 
a state Macedonia back then. However, he was uh, fighting for independence. He was fighting. <laughs> who he was fighting? Uh, tell them uh, uh, who goes to the ultra for ah, fighting. <laughs> yeah, he, he was fighting the, the Ottomans, the Turks, obviously. I mean, what are you going to do in the 20th century in the Balkans if, if not fight the Turks? It was a later uh, time. It, it's yeah. a leisure time, exactly. Like you don't go out, out to pubs or or things. You get drunk. You you, you make drink a, all the rakia and then you organize a revolution. Obviously, exactly. What else is there to do? No but, internet, no no Instagram, <laughs> no nothing, no TikTok. You just go and pick up some arms and go fight. What I refer to him is because he's one of the let's say he started this um, national awakening of. Macedonia. I mean, I don't know if he started, but he was definitely a part of the national awakening of Macedonians in the region. And even what his most famous quote that we're taught even in, in kindergarten is that he sees the world as a field of uh, of uh, cultured competition between different peoples or something like that. I mean, it's, it's just a phrase for nationalism. Like, you know, <laughs> we, we fight, I mean, of course, in a sophisticated way, mm. but you can see that he's a typical uh, nationalist, and I do not blame such a person that all, is living in the period of national awakening. Because all these talks that we have, we are seeing today's—I uh, mean, we are seeing history through our through today's paradigm. And we see, if you think about Serbia in the 13th century, today you think about a country or like the people of Serbia, the Serbians. Mm -hmm. Like those people did not exist. They—they they did not actually. Uh, think of them as Serbians in that in the same way that you think of, uh, of yourself as a Serbian today. Like identity an, was completely different back then. It's invention and of the 19th century. Yeah, it's, it's so recent and we're, we're used to seeing everything through the same paradigm of, of nations. Nations did not exist. Like when, when people, and this is the main arguments that Bulgaria has against Macedonia today is that all these figures that we celebrate and, and mention as Macedonian, that they were Bulgarian. I mean, obviously, if if you live in a in if they had a political system back then that classified them as Bulgarian, technically they are Bulgarian, right? If you see it in that period. Mm. But we have this something called self determination that we sort of recognize as a human right these days. And I say sort of because it's only on paper. And mm. if if we can get if people feel a certain way, especially if a large group feels a certain way, you you have to respect their right to identify as, I don't know, Martians, whatever the hell they want to be. But if enough people identify as something, you cannot take that right away from them. Onat was mentioning this, right, Onat? You said history is, was not so important. Important is how people feel, right? Yeah, I mean, this uh, nowadays popular saying... Uh... X X is a made up country. I mean, which country is not made up country? I mean, there was that's the thing. was that, there that's what uh, Serbia and Turkey and like Greece like two thousand years ago? There was <laughs> yeah. No, I mean we all made those up. Maybe our country <laughs> is older than some of the countries. Uh, some countries are has uh, newest like youngest history but it is not uh, it is not the thing who determines of the existence mm. of a country 
and some other Co- country is even not a decision maker of another country yeah like you said i mean what's the what's the time limit <laughs> especially in europe <laughs> yeah for a that by looking at through those lenses so means that macedonia is going through a rough period because you're still young takes time so you need to age like a proper wine then you can call yourself whatever you want be whatever you want be wherever you want so be patient yeah it's not written how long but it takes time the process painful one i guess yeah we just need to live through it some yeah, people live our, our ancestors live through it and just now you need to be those ones i mean we're not sure that this nation thing will last and we're not sure how many more years we'll be living with this division of the i mean the, we, we are idiots to believe that the the map that we see today is final <laughs> we would be very naive to believe that the map of europe like even european union countries is final like we would be super naive to believe that i mean this is the, yeah, the uh, lo- longest period of peace in europe and yeah, I mean, sure, it was yeah. broken last year, but it was about 70 something years of peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we take it for granted as in, oh, we're living in peaceful time these days. So yeah. this is, this yeah, is like, sort of worrying me and all these rhetorics. And you never yeah, know like, when someone decides, oh, I'm just going to absorb you because I don't, I don't give a shit about your existence as a country or whether you you feel as a Macedonian or a Serbian or whatever or a Ukrainian which actually they did or Turkish <laughs> not to be left out on it not to be left out yeah <laughs> you want to ask something on it no I, I was saying like uh, I'm not sure if there will be any United States or United Kingdom in 10 years I mean yeah as Felker said, we are taking it granted and we are thinking like it was always like this. We, we like forgetting the history. We have a problem now because the last generation that actually saw the horrors of the World War, the Second World War, is dying out. So mm-hmm. in a few years, we'll, ha- we'll have no people with any living record of all the atrocities and horrors that went through the Second World War. And as we as we had get younger politicians and more ambitious politicians, they they will not. It's it's not so easy for the human mind to comprehend the massive scale of death and destruction that went about eighty or hundred years ago. Like when you say six million uh, Jewish people died in World War Two, what? How do you envision six million? Like just in your head, as a as an individual, can you imagine thousand people, ten thousand people? What's six million to you? Is it's probably the same as imagining just a large group of people in a concert, which maybe has two two thousand. Mm. So these are numbers our brains cannot comprehend. As and as we get younger leaders and more ambitious, and we're getting again to this uh, nationalistic rhetoric of oh we have problems, someone else is to blame. Of course, it's not us. Then how are we going to stop history from repeating itself? I mean, we have history deniers these days. Yeah. So this is what worries me going forward. Uh, no, uh, I won't say that uh, there's on 
onset of a third world war or anything like that or uh, oh, somewhere in your only in europe aside of course uh russia and ukraine uh what uh, he was saying and i like to add to it is that uh, the politics the politics of nationalism leads to this actually to live in the constant fear and the constant possibility of a war breaking out somewhere and uh, you be to be prepared for it as a country and that is not a way for a system to function and yeah that is what is scaring me in the balkans right now but uh, i'm not going to say i'm not going to put it into words that there is a possibility of something breaking out but uh, mm -hmm just living in the constant fear and somebody just mentioning it as a possibility is uh, is horror enough it, i agree totally i mean it's the same everywhere i i either we're speaking about serbia macedonia or turkey it's the easy pickings and people get easy people get easily ignited by those topics and just a psychology of masses and not to say that we are anything different than the rest of the people. And as uh, Felker said, we are, so to say, blessed. Some people are not blessed by this, just noticing the patterns. Some people don't want or they want, but they don't know how to cope with it. So they just go along. And it's tough. It's definitely tough. And uh, the thing is, what can we do from our side is just constantly reminding people to think differently and to be open-minded. That's the only way approach. And when people feel cornered, just leave them. Just let them be. Uh, there's time and place for it. Hopefully, they'll come through it. Hopefully, they'll be more open at least. So we are not the same. We're going through the phases throughout all of our lives. Yeah. Uh, probably we all went through the nationalistic phase when we were young, really young. Course, I mean, yeah. I guess you it's fall like... You fall for it. You, of course, you fall for it. There is propaganda everywhere around you and... It mm. takes time. Oh, that, that's why I said, like, unfortunately, not all people afterwards grow out of that phase. I, I would like everyone to grow out of that phase and just see the actual problems and not yeah. uh, for the nationalistic card, not to work on them when the politicians pull it out. But that's not happening. And this is the biggest frustrating thing when, when I lived back home. Like, any, any sort of problem we have, oh, now we have a problem with this country, with those, with... Or I mean, for us, it was always with uh, Albanians uh, as mm. as they're the largest minority in the country. So, like, we all go through the same problems, no matter if you're Albanian or Macedonian. But whenever they 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 want to hide some big problem, they'll just pull out the nationalist card. And I mean, this is the ruling political parties, both Macedonian and Albanian. They always do the same games just to scare the people of a conflict breaking out. So you live in constant fear of that. And people believe it, like you can recognize all the bullshit, mm. but this is what I'm trying to to stay away from. It's so difficult for for this not to affect your daily life if you're if you're living there and you just do not isolate yourself in a cave. You see it everywhere. Yeah, now you want to say something. Uh, no, I just added that uh, it's not uh, not only the ruling parties, it's everyone. Yeah. What's yeah. the funny thing? The, the ones that, that are throwing stones at each other are the end sitting in Kafana and talking the same stuff over again and probably organizing this whole thing. It's not a conspiracy theory, it's just 
no. looks like it. It just sees it's yeah. Nothing. It's artificial. It's even proven. I mean, we even have proof of that. There were some leaked phone calls back from the previous ruling party that basically showed that. And and this is not this is not surprising. It's not something new. It's not isolated. There's there's it's been happening everywhere. Mm. They're just putting the show for for people. Again, this sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it's really not. It's it's simple. There's a lot of lots of proofs and situations where it was shown just collaborating to create chaos for the masses. Yeah. yeah, same everywhere. So to spin this thing on to some lighter topic, uh, I would like to ask a question: Republic of Vevchani, what the f is that in Macedonia? It's Macedonian Catalonia. <laughs> Macedonian <laughs> Catalonia, no. but it's currency and everything. I heard they also have currency. Can you say what is it? I think now I'm going to explain it better. Please now. You're expert in Vevchani. No, no, no. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in Vevchani. Just uh, think... Uh, I don't think I can explain it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it a, is it a place something like, uh, you know, hippies live? Or... No, it's a place where... hippies. <laughs> no. What's interesting in, like, about in Netherlands, there are like places where people go there and like hippies. It's like a bit more legal. Everything like uh, they wish I would, you would like. <laughs> yeah, we wish. We wish. No, it, it's more of a. <laughs> so to give you a bit of a, a bit of context of Vefchani, it's uh, surrounded by a lot of villages where the majority of Albanians live. And they are like trying to, I mean, in some way to balance out uh, the tensions. So they, they like to keep it clean, the village. Mm -hmm. And they, they, have, they have also, they're the source of many rev famous revolutionaries during the 20th century. So they're a very proud village. And they're very self-sufficient, their own hospital and everything. And it's I, I i think it was a joke that they they did some passports and currency and everything for tourists they have an extremely famous carnival but maybe i, I could be completely wrong on this maybe it was serious please if there's some virtually watching us listening us please write down something about virtually just we want to learn more about it you're really uh, it's, it's hard a fascinating to find and a beautiful place yeah virtually is a municipality in the Struga region, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, they jokingly or not claim that they are a country within a country, <laughs> and uh, they made their own currency and they may made which, of course, it's not used uh, on a grand scale in Vefchani, mm -hmm. but made their own currency and they made their own passports jokingly and like Dushan said they have less problems than our country as a whole <laughs> so uh, I'm sure they don't mind to claim the, <laughs> the whole country <laughs> taken over by yeah. a totally uh, underdog like oh we're talking yeah. about Bulgaria about Albania uh, well, uh, so, and then eventually comes along and I really like their model, actually. I, I'm I'm advocating Maybe. for the same thing to happen for Ohrid, 
the Ohrid region. It would be really nice to succeed from Macedonia and just join some big country. I don't know, like the Netherlands offered them a mountain and a lake so they can just come in and pour money into it. Why not? Yeah, it would be a good good economic <laughs> Business model. model. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Guys, uh, one last question from my side uh, about the language itself. Uh, can you explain for people from Romania, Albania, Greece that don't speak Slavic or in general don't understand the differences? Can you explain, is it Macedonia more similar to Serbian or to Bulgarian or is it the region to region and how is the standard one comparing to the standard Serbian, standard Bulgarian? No? Well, uh, there... Of course, it depends where in Macedonia the dialects are, which dialect uh, particularly. So the Eastern dialects are really similar to the Bulgarian Western dialects. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, the Northern part of Macedonia, especially Kumanovo is, uh, Kumanovo's dialect is uh, really similar to Rania's dialect in Serbia. Uh, so uh, our standard uh, language, the Macedonian language, was based on the dialects of uh, Veles, Rile, Bitola, and Ohrid. And uh, when you look when you look from far here, uh, you'll notice this uh, continuum, this language continuum uh, in the dialects, which, uh, you know, as you approach eastern, uh, the dialects sound similar to Bulgarian as you approach northern the dialects seem, seem, seem similar to uh, Serbia I'll take uh, Tetovo's dialect uh, also in account it is really closer to the Serbian dialect than from mm -hmm. many other than from any other uh, country around us so uh, that claim that uh, this is a Bulgarian dialect sounds really, really uh, funny to me because, of course, when you look at it from afar, that continuum is uh, just beats the the logic of it. Kalkar, mm. would you like to add something? I mean, I agree with what Noam said. The thing is. Uh, you can make a claim about any language being a dialect originating from a different language like we all originated from indo indo-european languages in the past and language is a living thing so what happened with macedonian it was standardized i mean it was standardized quite recently even though people were not retrained overnight oh here's the new language you have to learn it now and that's our official language <laughs> they were not yeah. retrained they, they spoke like I, I can I would have I've spoken with my grandparents many times on this topic and they they come from the let's say the southwestern part which is the most isolated from neighboring neighboring Slavic speaking countries and they've always had the same tongue and they've always found it a bit more difficult to understand Serbian or Bulgarian if they're not aware of the language for us younger people understanding Serbian is definitely easier than understanding Bulgarian, unless you're from the eastern part of the country. And that's mainly because we're much more exposed to Serbian culturally than we are to Bulgarian. Personally, I, understand, I can proudly say I understand 
6.9% of Serbian. And uh, I mean, just from all the, the from watching movies, from music, from uh, Serbian friends, and so on. Well, my understanding of Bulgarian is pretty bad because I just have not really come across to Bulgarian too often. And when I when I I tried many times to speak with Bulgarians, and at the end we always end up speaking in English. So if oh. the language is that similar, like that should never happen. Mm. Like yes, the grammar is similar, but vocabulary there's quite some large difference in vocabulary, and, and our vocabulary I think is closer to to Serbian. Now, if I don't want to get into the politics of how that came to be or whether that was uh, intentional made, you always uh, come to politics. <laughs> it's, if, I mean, we're talking yeah. about topics in the Balkans. Like, is it is it even possible not to mention politics or history? Mission impossible. Yeah. <laughs> But the main takeaway is just don't just don't care who or where or where the I mean where the language originated from, what it is, whether it's a dialect of English or Bulgarian or Russian or whatever. Enough people speak it, enough people call it their own, just let them be. And that that's my main message for all the neighbors. Just just let us be. <laughs> Nobody is doing you any harm, basically. Exactly. But Bulgarians helped you. I need to add this uh, with the uh, newest song, or the old, newer version, Vasco Zabata, oh, which yes. is a mega hit across the Balkans. So here you are a bit to wash it, it up. Came, a bit this, it came this close to resolving the dispute, like this close. <laughs> but, yeah. Needs higher power yeah, than that. Yeah, Onat, if you don't know, that's like a song from Bulgaria that even in non-Slavic-speaking countries was popular in Albania and Romania. I heard they all also... Yeah, they made a lot of jokes about it. It's gotten about for around uh, two or three months, but thanks, I'm googling it right now. <laughs> yeah, the the thing is, it sings about uh, agricultural machine, and it says in the end one part: don't fight with each other, don't do something. Uh, I don't know, but it's also like a song of peace of. Uh -huh. pacifism <laughs> yeah some way from yeah. agricultural machine to pacifism very, very deep philosophical <laughs> it's an amazing musical just like Vasco like just yeah. like Vasco the Frog by the Vasco way Vasco the Frog yeah Vasco the Frog yeah it's I mean the and song is not, it's not called like this it's just sets of the parts I will let you know later on and uh, for the followers <laughs> that don't know it We'll put in the description as well. This is also one important information. To, yeah, we will definitely put it. Yeah, I think you know you mentioned this... Vasco Jabata and all all my negative thoughts and disputes I had with Bulgaria are gone. Yeah, you see, <laughs> it's it's that easy, people. That but, easy. Yeah. That easy. I mean, the conclusion is, uh, if you put away politics, nationalism, and stuff, we have much more things in common and much more less things to fight over, but to have fun over. And speaking from point of view of Macedonians, speaking from point of view of Serbians and Turks and other Balkan people, if you just open up a bit, you'll open yourself a completely new world that's much more similar to you and you can much more enjoy it and make changes with, with brain drain or without brain drain. That's... But you know, there's a slogan for Snickers, when you're hungry, hungry you're not what you are. So for the ah. Balkans, without politics, you're not what you are. <laughs> Oh yeah! If somebody's <laughs> hungry of that, yeah, yeah, true. Then we need to find another diet. 
with, without yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More, more Ivar itself and less quality <laughs> behind Ivar. Or for Felker, no Ivar. Something else. Okay, he doesn't eat Ivar. Yeah. So, yeah, Chevap, Don't worry, I'll, I'll find Chevap. something. We have, we have a lot of good food in the Balkans. Yeah, Pastor I mean, Manliev. We have to agree we're a lot more similar than we're all different, so... Mm. Yeah. Good that we all agree on this one. Yeah. Thank you guys for your time. It was really fun. Um, by the way, for all of our, us, our followers, if you want anything else to ask those two guys, we'll put uh, links of your profiles. And also, if there are a lot more questions that we asked, maybe, maybe we can do a sequel to answer those questions with us two, uh, with us four of, four of us, and have more fun. Yeah, if you are in for it. Sure. You yeah, don't sound optimistic. <laughs> De depends. Depends how angry the comments will be. <laughs> ah. Okay. Okay. Which is better, the though. angrier, the angrier, the better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that means we did our job. <laughs> what? What did you say? No. I'm always looking forward to enter a Balkan fight. Yeah. <laughs> In the comments. The biggest oh, yeah. patriots of them all. The online <laughs> patriots, yeah. yeah, got it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can start the first two comments, so so they don't have to actually write them. So it's Macedonia is Greek, Macedonians are Bulgarians, and Kosovo is Serbia. Those are the three comments that will appear in any Balkan video. So, <laughs> <laughs> and autochtoni, autochtoni as well. Oh yes, autochtonias as well, of course. And then we so, can continue. Yeah, and yogurt is Greek. <laughs> so we got everything covered. Yeah, Everyone can have everything to fight over. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I can also add Cyprus is Turkish. <laughs> you see, she just rolls and rolls, and we end up ending up on our tails again. Yeah. <laughs> so simple. Yeah. Why not? Something yeah, thank you guys. Uh, it was really uh, fun episode for our. It is like the best we can ask for, like for for our first episode. Uh, thank you again for joining us for spending your time with us today. Uh, yeah, and also I agree with Tushan. We would like to have you again with more, uh, you know, specific topics, more different. Uh, chats so yeah thank you thank you again for having us guys it was great fun i would be glad to join again if invited <laughs> let's see the comments no kidding yeah. Guys, yeah. <laughs> we'll try our best yeah thank you again it was really nice and, and of, i didn't say i wish you great success with your podcast oh. just it's the first episode. I wish you a thousand more and and even more. It depends how much you want to do it. <laughs> Greater we start than this. I mean, look at us. Of course. From this point on, it cannot go south. It can, it can only, only go it up. Can only get better, yeah. Only up. up. That's why I ask you to be the first ones. Yeah, you, you got you got the point. You got the Keep point. The bar very, very low. Thank you. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that, but okay, nevertheless. Yeah. Moving forward. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Stay safe right, and guys. talk to you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.